Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. And welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the wonderful Karen Randazzo. Oh my god, I want to be a whale. And the amazing Chris Randazzo. My money's on a good old-fashioned cock-up. <laughs> We're here on this week's episode, Talk Television. This week was your pick. Miss Karen. That's me. Well, finally got to talk. We're going to talk some good omens. But before we get into that, here is your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Suggest a show. We'll watch it. Promise. So let, yes. let's, let's do this. We've been waiting for this for a while. Some of us <laughs> a little bit longer than others. And ready, Go. <laughs> all right how long do you have (laughs) all right so not gonna lie i watched the whole thing and i Mm -hmm. watched like five of the episodes in one sitting all right like i powered through it and i was i was i was i was upset that there wasn't more but i was glad at how they ended it is that is that a it it was a weird dichotomy of feelings sure (laughs) Um, it was an amazing adaptation. It's no like it's it's no exaggeration to say that I love this book. Like it's one of it, it's a story that I like cherish and treasure. And when I first heard they were bringing it to a TV, I you know you get nervous mm-hmm. when something you love is getting adapted to another medium. Um, but I really had faith in Neil and the team, and uh, they knocked it out of the ding dang park. The Ding Dang Park, whoa. And I mean, I, ding ding do. I can say that because, I mean, it's not just that I love this story. I know it really, really well. I've read it <laughs> dozens and dozens of times. And if they had missed every time something was slightly different, I, you know, it caught my ear immediately. Um, and there's def- there were definitely some omissions that they made and... Almost all of them, I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, it couldn't fit in everything. Well, right. They, the, they, they only did six episodes. Right. I, so, some, I go back and forth. I feel like maybe if they had done eight, they would have been able to fit in, like, some stuff that I miss that I love, and mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been too long. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, they did so... It was, without being an exact copy, it was so faithful uh to the yes. to, to the source material like to the point where a lot a lot of the dialogue was delivered exactly yeah. as i had heard it in my head when i read the book yeah that like, and, and that's a true sign of like there was someone who cared being neil like they're making sure that that representation was done properly 
because it yeah. didn't need to change. The um, like the best example that I can think of is the conversation between Azarafel and Crowley when they were drunk in the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> the way they were drunk, the specific words that they slurred and the places that they slurred them was exactly as it was written in the book. It was remarkable. And um, holy crap, Michael McKean's Scottish accent yeah that was, was out of control that was awesome i see so like i i know a lot of people know michael mckean for a number of things i know michael mckean from short circuit too and uh <laughs> god bless you <laughs> oh, okay and obviously i've seen him in several things since but man just like he was usually you see something like that and you see somebody's like scottish accent or whatever and it's all okay I still know this guy's doing an accent. It's that it's was, almost stereotypical when you hear everybody on. else do it. He he was uh, that was ridiculous. He was that Michael McKean is amazing. <laughs> and he was amazing in Short Circuit 2. And Short Circuit 2 is amazing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but this is about my favorite thing, not your favorite thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, yeah. And another thing that I really loved they did in the adaptation was the Francis McDormand narration because so much of the humor is in the narration, is in the jokes and the footnotes and all these things. And I really didn't know how they were going to pull that off. And then they did that. Mm -hmm. And when they said they cast, um, when, when we got the casting announcement that was Francis McDormand as God, I was like, but God's not really in the book. So, like, what are they doing with her? And then they did that, and it was, not only was it great and a way to fit in a bunch of stuff that otherwise wouldn't have made it in, but a lot of the stuff that was kind of like, they used a lot of words in the book to explain what was going on, they were able to do in little, like, the little, between the little animations that they Mm -hmm. did and the narration, they, like, they, they clarified things that otherwise could have taken a lot longer or been a lot harder to understand like the baby swapping scene for example Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean there there are certain additions to this that i thought were really really spot on like there's a lot more gabriel yeah gabriel's like not in the book (laughs) and john ham i it, it was like i felt like the book missed something by not having the yeah. John Hamm character in it because that could have no, that's it, interesting it, I didn't realize that he was not in there so much and and that's is it seems so natural see I that's have, my point I have very little um experience with the book I've I've attempted to read it once or twice and I really enjoyed what I was reading but I am terrible at reading books I just <laughs> just am it's a it is a fact of my being um but uh I can tell you that just from my perspective, nothing didn't feel completely natural. And like you're telling me that that guy wasn't in the book more is just like that's that's bananas to me because he's so perfect. And, and nothing seemed out of place. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know if it was John Hamm, like the actor himself, or the way it was written, or, or it was just all of it put together. But something like that for a that's that's the problem with something like this taking a beloved piece of literature and turning it into a TV show or a TV miniseries there is there is the fuel for so many people to get upset and mm-hmm. there's nothing here to get upset about like neil actually said in a couple of um 
interviews that, you know, I changed. Okay. I modified the ending of this story. Now, I didn't change the ending. I just added something to it to keep those that read the books from getting too cocky. Because there are those that out there that go, I read the book. The book is better. Yes, we know that. The book is nine times, 9.9 times out of 10, always better than the movie or the show. But this is that 0.01 time where the show is is as good as the book because it stayed truly, truly faithful to it. And the additional ending bit that isn't in the book or that that's, it seemed to it make it should have been in it the book. It totally fit. <laughs> it was great. And I, I mean, sitting there watching that last, like, the last half of the last episode, I'm going, Did I miss this? this? Did I miss this, this is, in the book? I mean, this is great. But wh- what the hell is this? This is, <laughs> I didn't see this coming. And they did and it to have, so well. to have something you didn't see coming in it is just a nice little extra bonus. I do. I have a great Neil Gaiman quote about how what happened with John Hamm. He was asked about um, how how he came to be in the role, mm-hmm. and he said uh, he he said I thought okay I need somebody who is to be bigger, better looking, and better dressed than Aziraphale. <laughs> they need to be able to deliver these lines with an absolute certainty of their own rightness and have you want to hit them in the face all the time. <laughs> and so I wrote an email to John Hamm <laughs> and said, John, you told me once that Good Omens was your favorite was one of your favorite books 20 years ago. Would you like to be the Angel Gabriel? This is what he is. And by the way, he's not in the book. And I just got a one word email back which just said, yes. <laughs> So that's how John Hamm got involved in this, and it just makes me love it a little bit more. I love... Okay, so the way everybody played together in in this universe made it seem that it wasn't based off of something else. Like, this was its own thing, where it's obvious that it's not. Like, this came from something, and it stayed really, really true to it, but it didn't seem forced, or it, it... it seemed completely natural for these characters to be playing together in this universe on the screen. It, it, it was as if the book was written as a, a script, and it mm-hmm. isn't. And there, when you're reading something and you get that little mind picture, you know, that mind movie plan, mm-hmm. that's what showed up on screen for me. And that's mm-hmm. very, very rare. Yeah. I mean, even the visuals of Crowley, like, I... I didn't realize it, but like when I was, when we first started, I think it was before we actually had any full information about who was playing what, and I started to re-listen to the book again, and, and, and because I was doing a lot of driving, like, just the structure of the character that was playing in my brain was David Tennant without being David Tennant. It was tall, thin, lanky, like, smarmy, like, everything that David portrayed on screen. He is a friggin' universal treasure, that guy. He, he truly, like, because, and the fact that it's the complete opposite of... Of the Doctor. Of the Doctor. It's, it, it doesn't, like, when, when someone has something like that to their credit, like being the Doctor, usually you can't see them as anything else. Mm-hmm. And David in this role, like... Would you call him in this role really the complete opposite of the Doctor? Because I, I definitely got a little some some of those vibes. Like clearly he's a demon, and the Doctor is not a demon, but the Doctor is 
you know, multi multi layered. He's capable of of a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, he's dev- definitely the 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 angle of the angel that was clever and snarky. That mm-hmm. that was the doctor. Yeah, right. But like, you know, if I'm thinking of the opposite of the doctor, you know, I got to think of like Purple Man from Jessica Jones, okay. or okay, even even per- something like Broadchurch or something like that. Whereas, just a completely different range. But there was his his mannerisms were very doctor-esque and this is this is not a complaint like by any stretch i really loved that he kind of put that those kinds of plays like you know he'd do that kind of well yeah and <laughs> the, you, know, you know you love me yeah that kind of <laughs> stuff although i i did love his swagger walk mm-hmm. oh my god his swagger walk was hysterical his swagger walk was hysterical but the best walk he did in the entire show was when he walked into the church when Sarah Bell was with the nazis and he was like oh my god i just got that <laughs> the, uh, watching that whole scene when they're like what am i missing here what is going on oh i i just get it right now that's because he's in a church consecrated ground <laughs> and, and so so here's here's my deal I, like i said i don't have a lot of a ton of experience with this book um and watching the show the first time around i i obviously got it um first episode was like yeah this is pretty good this is really interesting and i remember why i liked this book uh, and then by the end of it, I was just completely enamored by the whole situation. But I'm watching it a second time at work today. I unfortunately didn't get very far because I had like a lot of things to do that required a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. But man, just doing this the second time through, I'm getting a whole lot more out of it. And just kind of really piecing together just so how freaking smart this is. Like the opening credits. The opening credits are super cool, but... Are you talking I, the animation having, scene? Like that? Yeah, the, the actual opening credit sequence. The, the, the title sequence. Nine, you know, when, when we watch something on Netflix or on Amazon and you have the ability to bypass them, or even if you skip ahead, like via fast forwarding. Yeah, every, never skipped it. Never, every time. Every time I saw something new and different in it. Well, what, what was interesting about that, at least from my perspective, is um, having never read the book, none of that made any sense to me. Like I'm looking at all these bits like, okay, what is all, what is, who are all these people? What's going on? And, you know, just assuming that I'm going to learn that throughout the course of the show, which I did, but, um, that was, that was a, a fun experience is getting through that, um, you know, as somebody who's watching the show and then as you go through like, oh, that's what the deal is with that alien spaceship. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's who that little tiny guy is. Okay. The duck faced people. Like it, it's it was uh, uh, like it was truly a a miracle that they pulled this off because of how wonky or how hokey this story is it's the story of the antichrist good versus evil with a sort of like twist that could visually go really bad and with this cast of characters that they have everybody was spot on Michael oh my God. Sheen, Michael Everybody Sheen, did a great job. Like, like even like even the tertiary characters like um, the other demons or the other angels, like the the angels that had like one of them had gold teeth, mm-hmm. and like like that should be out of place. But looking at it, went yeah, that makes sense. I don't know why it makes sense, but yeah, that that makes sense to me because of the world that they built and they did such a good job. It's so, K 
Karen. Yes. What was there anything that surprised you that you I, I there are certain things that I was watching that I was less than thrilled with. Like I feel that the kid that played the Antichrist could have been slightly better. Okay, I don't know if it was just me or I expected more or it was just the, the, who he was surrounded by. He was the only bit that I was like, he's a little flat for me. Um, I didn't mind the kid or any of the kids so much. Um, I could see what you're saying, but I'm just it, like, it didn't the, I was, me. I, as I was watching it, I'm like, there's got to be something that I, I don't like. There's got to be something to pick. To yeah, see where I they say, could be better at. And it was tough. It really was. It really is. If there was anything I think that bothered me besides some of the things that were left out that I missed, like the bikers of the apocalypse. See, but like they, they touched on that, though. Like, they didn't, though. The, the, the other four, I mean. What do you mean? Okay. Like, like the, the, the other group? Yeah. Okay, so yes, they didn't do the That's other group. That's one of my group. favorite gags, and like that wasn't in it. There were there was more signs of the apocalypse, like the rainforest growing in London and uh, um, the raining fish thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a lot of things that were left out, but uh, the, the one raining w- fish was in the se- opening sequence. I was looking right. for that. Right. So that's a thing from the book that they just yes, oh, okay. that just didn't quite make All it in. Right. Um, so. Um, but I would say the thing about the adaptation that bothered me, as I think it was, and it's probably due to um, inexperienced showrunner, and I hate to criticize Neil for anything, mm-hmm. um, but it felt a little bit like not right for streaming. Like there was a little bit too much recapping of what's going on from episode to episode. Okay. Like, you know, it would be like, you know, we'd go back to the kids and they'd reiterate, oh, you know, we don't like you and we don't, we, you know. It's a previously on. Yeah, it was a little bit of previously, within, previously the, within the plot. And, uh, you know, and or Aziraphale going back to Aziraphale. What are we going to do? We have to find the Antichrist. And, you know, nobody knows. Where he, they did it was just a little bit too much of that for something that pretty much everybody I feel like is going to be watching right in a row. You don't mm-hmm. you don't need to remind us what we're doing. We saw it five minutes ago. Yeah, and, and I, I understand that maybe it was it was a design flaw because I, I don't know if I, I don't I am not familiar with many of the other Amazon shows. Mm-hmm. Um I know I haven't binge watched many of them, if any of them, uh if they do do that. But like Netflix has gotten away from that. They do the I guess it's the introduction portion of it that they allow you to skip. But mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. Um, my favorite transition from episode to episode was from episode two to episode three. And I actually commented to you as I was watching it. Episode three had a 30 minute cold <laughs> opening. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought they had, I, I thought like we had skipped it somehow from the streaming service. Not that it was just, it hadn't happened yet and it was beautiful like it oh it was one of my favorite p- 
pieces of the whole show their history together yeah i remember after that after we watched that i i I had said to karen like i can't believe the scope of this show because um you know one of one of my friends had said that this show was an absolute delight even though it looked a little cheap from time to time Mm -hmm. and like all right i can see that it did look a little cheap in the special effects department especially coming off of game of thrones but when you consider the scope of this like they weren't just traveling to a couple of different locations. This was this time this was and dimensions ma- and like <laughs> no shortage of them. It was a ton of different time periods. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really just an astonishing feat making this all work the way it did. I, I, I'm just completely floored by it. And it truly is thanks th- and credit to David and and Michael. Like those, the, the Crowley and Aziraphale characters played so well together. It didn't matter where when you put them. Like that, yeah, that they always worked. They were always, always super interesting together and just just great, just I, absolutely great. And as the, and I feel like that that half hour cold open that all of that backstory was one hundred percent necessary to the story, to building those characters, to making the stakes like mean something. Mm-hmm. And I, it had to go somewhere. I, and I think perfect. they figured out the perfect place to put it. And it's weird to say that because that's in the middle of it's the show. Right in the middle of it, right? But it makes sense because it's it you know you've already spent two hours with these characters you know them enough to care about them and then you find out all this other stuff about it and it just goes to a completely other level and that and it seems like at that point that's when like before that 30 minutes it was the relationship of an angel and a demon like mm-hmm. yes you knew that they had some experiences previously and this is the situation that they are finding themselves in right now right after that 30 minutes and you see their true history that's when their relationship started to take a turn where it was more than just acquaintances and by the end of the episode or by the end of the series like i truly felt like they were in a relationship or they were they were missing out on being in a in a romantic relationship if you will that those two characters relied so heavily on each other And they didn't realize it till the end. Like, you know, what would they do if if the universe was going to end? If if everything went according to the great or the infallible plan, right? No, an ineffable, ineffable plan. What would they have done? Where would they go? Where could they go? They can't go anywhere. And that that relationship stuff played so well with each with with these two characters. I don't think it would have worked with. Like any of the other characters in the show, obviously, but I can't, I can't picture anybody else playing those roles the way they did. Absolutely not. I read somewhere Michael Sheen said that he was actually playing Aziraphale as in love with Crowley, and and that's fine because yeah. I feel that Crowley was also in love with Aziraphale, but just just not able to express it the same way because he's a demon, right? Like it's or, perfectly, yeah. it's perfectly fine for an angel to say, I love you. Cause that's what angels are all about. Love, mm-hmm. you know, theoretically. Um, yeah, they did. So I, well. I will say the other, the other minor nit I had to pick was newt. Not the, not the actor necessarily. I just felt the character was a little underdeveloped. Um, in the book, there's a lot more about like 
private pulsifer. Where he, yeah, where he came from and why he ends up sticking with the Witchfinder army. Mm-hmm. And then this is just kind of like he lost a job again and then he ran into this random guy and for some reason he just decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. I feel that it, if they went a couple a episodes, if they, if they added more to mm-hmm. this show, that would have been the, the place to add right. the story. That's what I'm saying. Like if it had been eight episodes, then that's one of the things they could have fit in in addition to some of my favorite funny bits that got cut. Well, well you, let me just say, as somebody who has no prior experience, all I, I that didn't seem at all unnatural to me. It uh-huh. just seemed like they set up, okay, this guy can't hold a job because he can't function with computers. And then he runs into this guy, and he's just like, hey, check out this world. There are no computers. We're ridiculously low tech. So he just kind of like, okay. I can hang here, I guess. Like, at least this won't make me feel like a loser because I can't mess with computers. And I, that was really the only thought process I had behind it. So it's it's interesting to learn that there was more to him because I, I didn't feel that that was lacking at all in from my perspective. Oh, I'm glad to hear that it worked for a, uh, a non-book reader. It did. Now, Chris, as someone who is not as familiar with the characters, how did you feel about... Like, I had a problem with... The amount that they gave, time-wise, that they gave to Newt and and um, the witch. Um, I'm not even going to pretend to be able to anathema. pronounce her name. Anathema. Sure, go for it. That <laughs> that relationship or the amount of time that they showed up in the show, I, I, it was just, I don't know. I felt that there could have been more. I feel like they were just thrown in there to just see two other people act every once in a while. I felt that they could have done more. But as someone, especially knowing the book. As someone who doesn't, did no, I did, didn't. I didn't have any problem with the with the two of them. The only thing that struck me as ever so slightly, like it was the gratuitous was, sex scene, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was like how quickly they they boned, but then you know it's like theoretical apocalypse outside. Also, it was pretty funny. So um, I I let that go. That was the only thing that felt like ever so slightly off. But and again, know. that was a little bit more developed in the book. Mm-hmm. They they actually kind of fell for each other a little bit more before they <laughs> fell into bed, or under bed, as it were. Um, <laughs> I was I was trying to figure out like the physics of all that. It was yeah, there was a like, lot of room under that bed. Yeah. Like th- that was that was one of those beds that's like a good three feet off the ground. Like I could use that for storage space. Like it really <laughs> could put a cot under that bed. That's crazy. Um, really, there there wasn't there wasn't much that I would complain about. Really, I don't. I think I properly fell in love with the show. I mean, I really started enjoying it straight off the bat because I just loved the way David Tennant and Michael Sheen played off of one another. Um, Michael Sheen, is that him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know there's like Charlie Sheen. No, it's Michael. 300 other Sheens out there. Uh, I, r- I just loved the way those two played off of one another. Um, really, really fond of that. But uh, I am a sucker for kids on bikes saving the world. <laughs> and that was just like where I was just, I was really enjoying the show up until that point. But once they got Like, I loved how the kids just kind of bounced back from all of him being the Antichrist and making their mouths go away because, like, they're kids. So they're kids and he's their friend. So, of course, they're just going to bounce back and be like, okay, that was weird, but let's move on. Um, (laughs) I liked how they just kind of bounced right back from that. And then it was just four kids on bikes saving the world going up against the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And and Satan. 
And Satan, yeah. Don't forget Satan was involved. He was, voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch for like 14 seconds. That was really weird. Uh, It was... um, as I was looking through the the casting credits, Benedict, I didn't realize it was Benedict Cumberbatch. That was Satan. But the other one that threw me was Death. Yeah, Brian Cox. Brian Cox. I kept. I knew he was in the show, and I kept trying to find him. Like, all right, where is this guy? Because I know his voice really well. But his voice was a little different when he was Death. Mm-hmm. The only time I truly recognized his voice was when he was um, impersonating that other character. The when other they, person in the general were, when yeah, they were in the car when they were in the car get, you know actually breaking in mm-hmm. and they looked like those other people then he sounded exactly like the Brian Cox I remember I know and love but uh, yeah he was God, all of that was great but really just the the kids on the bikes saving the world and all of the way that they made all of these characters come together like this guy's complete inability to mess like every time he turns on computers they blow up mm-hmm. i just thought that was some dopey uh a comic relief thing but it was part of the plot nope. like, right. and as soon the as they end. sat down i'm like dude he's got to use the computer because he, he screws up computers i'm like i'm all excitedly thinking about that as i'm watching it and really it's it's been a good long while since I've watched something that made me feel that kind of excitement that wasn't like a cartoon or something mm-hmm. that I, I, you know, cause I pure childish joy of me loving cartoons like Voltron and last airbender and stuff. This was just everything that I would want out of this kind of a show. And I was, you know, rooting for characters and being all excited. And, you know, I, I was so happy for uh, Michael McKean, uh, you know, saying, ah, screw it. I'll just stay with the harlot forever since the witch finders are essentially over. I just, they, they did <laughs> their interactions everything were right, priceless, man. man, because he would, he would in essence curse her out and you could see her as he's doing it, get all fluttery. It's like, Oh yeah. Whoo, Lordy. <laughs> Oh, what she, a strong man. She was a phenomenal choice for Madame Tracy, especially in the part where she was playing <laughs> Madame Tracy and Aziraphale in the same body. Uh, yeah, that, that was, was pretty great. From the from the time of the seance where the she was doing all was those amazing. comedy faces. <laughs> <laughs> like you would think it was too over the top, but it went so far over the top that it like it went came back, back around. around to being perfect. <laughs> when he she she he is yelling at his wife to shut up. Like <laughs> Oh, that was magnificent. That, that, was a, that magnificent. is a fantastically satisfying scene. <laughs> Now, uh, special special shout out to Mr. Nick Offerman, who I didn't realize was in this show, even though I saw him like four or five times. I have decided that Nick Offerman is unrecognizable to me without a beard. Without facial hair, yeah. <laughs> if he does not have a beard, I do not know what Nick Offerman looks like. Yeah. He was okay. Thaddeus Dowling. He was the, the, the presidential like guy. Yeah, I'm just. I mean, I Ron did, Swanson was all mustache, not beard. It's it's facial hair in general. Okay. I'm used to him with the, with the the beard and the the gray like I have. That I if I see that I know it, who it is. Or hmm. baby face like that? No, no. Yeah, I that did. was very strange. Yeah, but, it was strange seeing him all fully shaven. But he, they could not have written him at the. the the character that that's another character that's not really in the book mm-hmm. that you only see him in the scene um in the when in the when the baby's being born he's like on the phone or whatever the whatever they 1990s equivalent in, was <laughs> but uh so he was in the show a little bit more than he was in the book and he was 
the most quintessential American mm-hmm. character, male character. Male, yes. <laughs> you know, this, you know, I have a regular male son boy. <laughs> like, you couldn't... It's such an awkward construction, but you couldn't write it better for exactly what it was supposed to be. Uh, like you knew exactly who that person was in that one line. Everybody did a fantastic job in this. I like, never would have picked that woman to play Anathema. Anathema. Hmm. I never would have picked. Really? What did you picture her like? I, I just pictured her white because I'm a horrible entitled white person. I just it was like she's so exotic and like you know I mean her her um her ancestor was you know a 16th century English witch so how, how and, she got to you know be this that was gorgeous good too. that was good too oh, that, all the Agnes scenes. Nutter flashbacks <laughs> when they walk her from her house to where they're gonna burn her and you can just hear a little hint of her petticoats clinking yeah. oh I noticed that earlier oh, today and you were like <laughs> you're like what is that what is that oh shit <laughs> like it was amazing I let's see I, I could have asked for a few more predictions throughout the show because they were really well done. Like someone will create an unedible apple. Like, like Mm -hmm. I get that. That makes sense to me. Like I wanted a few more of those Easter eggy kind of things. They did flash them on the screen as Azarefell's reading the book, mm-hmm. but they went by really quick. If you weren't like, if you didn't pause it and look at it, you you would have missed it. When he dialed the phone. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. My right number. Now, the look of panic. Like, ah, uh, it was so, this show, surprisingly satisfying. I was worried that I wouldn't be as satisfied as I was because having the background of reading the book. And having that experience, it it did everything that it needed to, and that is so it, that's unheard of. Also, really have to shout out the use of Queen. Oh, the music <laughs> score was the. So yeah, I, I love that you pointed that out because that is like a, that's another huge joke in the book that they didn't even uh, make explicit in the show. The joke is that any anything that any form of music that's like left in the car for longer than two weeks turns into a greatest hits of queen (laughs) so that's why like you if you look at the screen if you watch him like put a cd and it says mozart on it but it turns into queen really yeah that's hilarious and they did find a perfect queen song for every uh I mean, yeah, they really, it was really fantastically done. Some of them were a little heavy handed, like bicycle, Bicycle. (laughs) but like (laughs) you're going with a queen theme and you've got someone's bicycle in the back of your car. How do you not use that song? (laughs) And it's such a great song. Uh, All in all, I mean, for those listening to us, just gush about this show. If you haven't watched it, please do yourself a favor. Don't worry about the book. Watch the show. Enjoy the show. If you want more out of it, read the book then. (laughs) And if you've done it the other way, it's perfectly fine. Like it's 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 not a Game of Thronesian kind of thing where like there's an obvious difference between the book and the show. And depending on who you are or how you feel, one could be better than the other. These two things pay so much honor to each other that it's 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 perfect. 
a perfect adaptation of a book. I do want to say, point out one other thing they did really well in the adaptation, which was they um, made it for 2019 as opposed to whatever 90s year that it was written. Mm-hmm. There were definitely a few things in the book that if they had made it into the sh- TV show, it, it being the, the time that it is now, you would have gone, ooh, like uh, when they do the seance, mm-hmm. the spirit guide is a Native American. and. Ooh. It's they true. say some stereotypical Native true. American things. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they changed that to like the little Irish girl, and uh, you know, and they just they did they did they made a real effort to make everything like you know, global, multicultural. You know, they had um, pollution be non-binary. It just every every corner of life and every segment of the world was represented in this and, book. You know, it was funny or in the show, which was didn't wasn't necessarily the case in the book. And that's one of the things that I was trying to say about Anathema is like, I, I never would have pictured, uh, you know, a, a Hispanic person playing that character mm-hmm. because in that time we just didn't, you know, it was like, whatever your perspective that you're coming from, yeah, which you. I'm a white lady, I'm like, oh, so she's a white girl. But it, it worked beautifully. She was great. She did a fantastic job and it made total sense that she was who she was. Yeah, it didn't seem out of place at all. It was it, it it was that was another thing that I noticed about the show. It seemed kind of timeless. Like you yeah. really it didn't ma- like, like the, the story fact that, really is. Well, yeah, it's but like there are things that were okay. So uh as was dressed as he was dressed. So no matter what time period they showed him, his costume pretty much looked the same. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter what time he was always had this aristocratic flair to him. Yeah. Um, Crowley always had that car. Okay. Yes. He, he had the Bentley and it never seemed out of place. Even when it was driving on fire around <laughs> other cars in oh London. Oh God, that was amazing. Like, and he, <laughs> that fly, was like, amazing. He fly, like, do not think about exploding or melting. Like, just yeah. sheer force of will, <laughs> just like he did with the plants. <laughs> like the, the plant. Which is I felt the bad only the way I would ever get plants to grow. As <laughs> if I'd employed the crowd. Grow method. better. <laughs> grow better. Jeez. That was that was too funny with the plants. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, the kids didn't seem like they were for any sort of time period. They weren't dressed in a specific way. Like, the, it could have taken place in just shy of any modern time period. Mm-hmm. And that's and the, that speaks volumes to the actual story. The things that were, you know, possibly a little dated in the book, such as like when they um, showed up at the, um, what was the kid's name? Adam? At Warlock's birthday party. And, oh. you know, he was supposed to be a ma- ma- magician. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the book, it's a little out of place because they're just like, you know, they 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 hired a magician for this party and everybody else got like a costume character. But in the show, they turned it into, well, I, I thought it was going to be a celebrity magician, not this lame ass dude. <laughs> and, and so like little things like that, they found a good way to update. And it's not even, a, and it's not even a heavy update. Like, right. It just makes sense. Yeah. They just, if they had left it as it was, it would have, you know, made rung a little false, but they, they paid care to every little detail that they could. Now, I, this is done, right? 
yes, this is done. There will be no more. Okay. And that's okay with me. And that's great. I'm I'm perfectly okay with that because the way they left the ending, like they had the additional out of book bit that shows what could have what happened between them leaves that door open for a sequel it's not necessary it's not a cliffhanger it's the hey check out next season the further adventures of crowley and as look woohoo wackiness if terry gilliam was still alive i'd be thrilled to have more of this but i'm happy where it is and it's terry pratchett terry pratchett i just don't want to get emails (laughs) terry gilliam's still alive isn't he i think so terry gilliam big fan of the show i'm sorry (laughs) sorry as he clutches his heart and fall the that worried me as i watched i was very satisfied with that ending it was nice it was a nice little twist it was something that i did not expect and i did not see coming and it was i was pleased with it the only thought that ran through my mind was I hope they're not going to use this to make more. This is done. Find yeah. something else to do. Leave but this as it is. But it was definitely like a fresh little treat for, you know, the people who are watching it, who are familiar with the book, who are like, okay, all this, all this show is, is everything that was in the book. And that's okay. But it wasn't, it didn't end up just being everything. It was everything that was in the book and a little bit more. So Chris, and, as someone you know, who hasn't for us. read the book, you have you don't do you understand what we're talking about uh so all right the end of the book the kid uh-huh. the uh, the story of adam sort of wraps up and he just sort of like cycles off into the sunset that oh whole, yeah no i i read about what the stuff that they added okay was. that whole park yeah. scene and the the kidnapping that yeah, was the kidnapping and whatnot yeah see now i had this was funny and now I have to figure out what the hell I was thinking of. I was under the impression that that was cut material. That was material that was from an unfinished sequel that the two of them had been working on before he died. And that is patently false. But I have this very distinct memory of something that I am aware of where two people were working on something. One of them died. There was... Un, there was you know material left over and they used it in a series to some extent and it's not this so i don't know what it is now or maybe I i'm making so it up confused right now <laughs> that situation in my head exists in reality okay. except i don't know where it's from and uh well i mean i guess that's on me <laughs> well all right karen you have do you have Anything else that you want to add? I mean, I'm done. I loved it. I thought it was great. Everybody should watch it. I could go on on and on and on and on and on about every single thing in this show, but I will save that for my article on GeekAid.com oh, later go. this month. <laughs> there you go. That's a little, little teaser right there. Chris? Uh, look, this... Uh I mean, I gushed about it pretty, pretty thoroughly already. I was just had so much fun watching it. And uh, I, it's, I liked that it was short and sweet. I liked that it wrapped up on a good note. I liked just about everything about it. I can't really think of anything that I genuinely didn't like, except, uh, I mean, I, Michael Sheen's hair seemed very unnatural to me. But other than that, <laughs> um, 
I was very impressed with this whole thing. Like, really, really got me on a, on a very real level as far as just like, boy, this is just the right kind of adventure for me. This mm-hmm. is a. Uh, this is exactly what I like. Um, so that is so satisfying to hear, and it was also incredibly satisfying to sit next to him watching this and hear him like how much he laughed, how hard he laughed, and the things that he laughed at. I was like, oh, it's like the perfect um, situation of when you ha- take something that's precious to you and introduce it to somebody who's never mm-hmm. e- experienced before. It's exactly how you would have want- yeah, wanted. Yeah, you, you to didn't react. have to look at him and go, "You were supposed to laugh at that point," right? Because right. he no, laughed he at that he, point. At everything that he was supposed to. Good job, well done. Thank you. It was. It was a. It was very. It was a stark opposite to Karen watching Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I will say this: that every episode was a solid episode. There were no. There were no downers. There were no, no there drop-offs no, in quality yeah. and whatnot. Every. It was solid from beginning to end, and that. It being six hour-long episodes, if I'm not mistaken, they were like they flew by. Like I watched five hours of it in an afternoon. It was really, really well done and so worth the watch. Whether you are a fan of the the source material or of the the the, the characters or the actors or whatever, it was a well done show. Even for those going in blind, well worth the watch. So, Karen, thank you for the pick. I knew we were all going to watch it eventually, so glad we got it out of the way now. <clears throat> all right. With that, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk some news. Stay tuned. Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is. Each week you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Hey guys, Vestlord Dean DeFalco here to tell you that we have a Twitch. Uh, yeah, Geekade has a Twitch, and we are streaming at least once a week. Uh, every Thursday, we are on from 6 to 11. That's five solid hours of me failing at whatever game is uh, going on that week. You want to see me cry? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me achieve a massive victory? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me eat food? Mukbang right there. Twitch.tv slash Geekade. Guys, check it out. It's a lot of fun. We got emoticons. uh, We got sub badges. We got all sorts of stuff going on over there. And if you just want to pop in, say hi, give us a follow. You know we really do appreciate it. Trying to uh, spread the love, trying to spread Vestlore Global to a house near you. Maybe even your house. So guys, pop in, say hello, and we'll catch you next time on twitch.tv slash geekade. See you then, guys. Stay Vestly, keep playing games. Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, Geekade is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. 
Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out the commercials. Let's talk some news. First up from NBCNewYork.com. Some good news. Um, it seems that Mr. Alex Trebek is is uh, faring well with his cancer. Um, he is in near remission. He is the the um, he's taken very well to the treatments, which is shocking because, like, what is it? American Cancer Society estimates three percent of patients with stage four pancreatic cancer aren't only are only the three percent are alive after five years of being diagnosed. So. He's doing surprisingly well, and he still has more treatments to go. He's kicking ass. Kicking ass and taking names. Good for him. I, I, have, I have always had a lifelong sort of animosity towards Alex Trebek, <laughs> mostly because... Screw like you, he Trebek. Ha- he acts like he knows everything, but it's all on the cards. It's not like you know everything. Somebody wrote the question. You just have the answer. <laughs> Which is in the oh. form of a question. But I can't, you know, he, he's, he, thank you. I'm sorry. He is, you know, he is the heart of Jeopardy and it wouldn't be the same without him. So I'm glad he's doing well. Also, I'm glad he's doing well because I'm not a monster. You're not. Pat a- Sajak, though, he can go scratch. Go fuck yourself, Pat Sajak. Ooh, the true color show. <laughs> All right. I don't really- like Wheel of Fortune, right? I- <laughs> Right. I don't like Wheel of Fortune either. I've never been okay with Wheel of Fortune. Like, I love, like, I had a video game of it. I had a board game of Wheel of Fortune, which was totally awesome. But watching the show, just, it was just a big fat bag of no thanks for me. You just, spend more time yelling at the jackasses spinning the wheel than you do paying attention to the actual puzzle. Because you see the puzzle and you're like, I got this. How the hell do you not see that? It's right there. And then they make up a word? That's not even, What? How are you allowed to play this game on television? Sorry. Take that, Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Next up, Deadline.com. Stanley's last project is coming to fruition, okay? But it will... F- <laughs> I'm shocked that I'm saying this. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger will star in Superhero Kindergarten series. Now... Apparently, before he passed, Stanley's production company was working on a kids' show uh, geared towards very young children. Geared towards fans of Kindergarten Cop. I, I, like, and it's weird. Like that's that's where the the break happens for me. If this is for like little little kids, why go with Kindergarten Cop? <laughs> Because but that it's not actually an adap- it's not an adaptation of Kindergarten Cop, right? It's- okay, you are. I am looking. No, it is not. But if you look at the screen, and there is a cartoon version of Kindergarten Cop on screen, Arnold it Schwarzenegger does say is. That, it does say that Lee's concept for the show was partly inspired by the success of the movie. Yes, uh, success of that movie, like twenty five years ago. Yes. So it's going to be a, a, a cartoon geared towards children um, featuring Arnold voicing a character who is a gym teacher who gains superpowers and is now teaching young children or young superheroes how to be good people, pretty much, because they talk about uh, tolerance and nutrition and bop, 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 a lot of things that are all good. Just things. like in Kindergarten Cop. Just like in Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> 
Who is your daddy and what does he do? Damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. Where we get such catchphrases Are as... Are we done here? <laughs> I mean, that's it, right? That, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's the whole, whole movie. movie. <laughs> I mean, there was that little kid. It was like, boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. Our like, yeah, mommy was, says, our adorable. daddy is a real sex machine. Sex machine. <laughs> so... Does she? Because I don't think she does. I think your daddy told you that. <laughs> and your dad should not be saying any such thing to you. Yeah, you're too young to hear that kind of thing. Well, uh, your dad's the milkman, kid. <laughs> wow! This went dark. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it it's, sounds like a, a great project. Does it? It All does. Right. <laughs> I hope it... I hope, Okay, so it's cute. I'd it, let our kids watch this. It's, it sounds cute. Yeah, it's I'm, a Stanley I, I wasn't joint. Ready. I wasn't prepared to go. This sounds like a great project, but uh, I'm, I'm I can go with cute. I would rather have this <clears throat> than some boopy boppy alien thing that is that like like the singing caricatures that you see on kids shows these days. Like, <laughs> yeah. we get a lot of Cat in the Hat. Okay, which. I mean, I'm not, I don't hate the show. I don't really like it very much, though. I feel, I hope that there's stuff in, I mean, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, so there has to be something in in it for adults. <laughs> but it, that's left to be seen. Um, a shocking amount of Predator references. <laughs> <laughs> it's just lousy with Predator, predator references. Predator's in the show. <laughs> he yells to the kids, get to the chopper. Every episode, it's really weird. Um, and then someone died. <laughs> gruesome, gruesome deaths. Horrible, horrible deaths. Um, Open the series finale, you find that he was a Terminator the whole time. Kills all the kids. <laughs> One of you has to be John Connor. Oh, man, we are stretching out this news article. <laughs> it's oh. like a really short thing. <laughs> um. Okay, so the the thing that I like <laughs> best about it, um, there will be an animated cameo of Stan Lee in every episode. Now, I don't know how they're going to do that because he has passed and they have not made this yet. I'm curious well, to see how they pull it off. Well, if he doesn't have to say anything, you can just show up in the background and wave or like do a pull a face. Uh, yeah, it's just, just going to be him lines. saying, hello, true believers. Like you've got at least 850 takes of that already in existence. That's true. That's true. I just was hoping that they would not try to capture his voice with someone else doing it kind of thing. That's what, that's immediately where my mind went. And I was like, no, don't, don't do that. So... Yeah, keep an eye out for doing it. a Stanley impression. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. no, no. I'm not okay with that. I'm Absolutely not. I'm okay with a caricature of it on screen, like in the background, waving to children. I'm okay with that. I like that idea. Um. So yeah, watch for that. Stanley Schwarzenegger match made in heaven. Next up, TVLine.com. Now, I can't remember who said they did, didn't have background with this but this article shows the trailer for the dark crystal age of resistance it was both of us i think was it i've seen the dark crystal but i don't have the like the love for it that people have okay so i've not seen it i really should you're really you're the henson dude i'm so shocked that you haven't seen it you know what it was just one of those things that it never came up at our rental store 
<laughs> and I, I just sorry, that's my yeah, fault. I, I, I never caught it on. Yeah, sorry, yeah, we're world. <laughs> I never caught it on like TV or anything like that. It just I was mostly unaware of it until way later in life. I don't even think I learned that this was a thing until like high school. Now, did you watch the trailer? I did. How did you feel about the trailer not having background in it? I mean, it looks super cool. I mean, I've seen trailers and stuff of Dark Crystal, so I have like a basic idea of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I'm just very impressed with the puppetry. It looks Henson-esque. Yeah. I will say what I know of the Dark Crystal, this looks exactly like it. Yes. So if that's what they were going for, good job, guys. Yeah, it's 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 always... I love seeing this kind of stuff in high definition. Like, it's just not something you... You just don't see this kind of stuff every day, especially this clarity. And when you go back and look at stuff like scenes from Dark Crystal, seeing them now, uh, it's... Even even all remastered and stuff, it's it's still not this. Like, this is that level of puppetry with absolute top-of-the-line cameras and stuff, and it just looked cool. Yeah. And what I thought might be a little wonky, and they showed a couple of instances, is when they do the full body, like the, the, the puppets, you know, falling or tumbling or something where you see their climbing. I Back in the day, that seemed a little off, and it looks great. They did a really good job. They stayed really true to the original which is yeah like you can tell there's definitely some use of cg but Mm -hmm. not in a bad way not in any not anything that's like um i don't think it's really just using the technology to accomplish what you just physically couldn't accomplish with uh the 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 puppetry right but And, and but still even using the modern technology it still looks like puppetry like they didn't go way over the top with the CGI where all of a sudden it, it seems out of place. It's it's puppet legs. Like they they did they didn't um George Lucas it, if you will. They did right. not modify what they had existing to make the modern technology work better or or whatever. It seems seamless. It seems like it it should be there kind of thing. So I'm agreed. I, I am I'm very happy. pleased with it. Very, very pleased. But it looks great. Um, I'm trying to see. Did they say? I mean, the the, the cast looks great. It's coming to Dark Crystal streaming uh, Friday, August thirtieth, and this is a Netflix joint, right? Yep. Yep. So, yep. There it is. Netflix all over the place. Looks great. I'm happy. Now, if we can only get our Willow prequel and or sequel, that would be that would make my day. So. Right, that's coming, right? Allegedly, we, uh, we'll see. We shall see. But we, if this is any, you know, inclination, what the, that's going to be, they stay true to it. I, I hope they do the same thing for that. Like, I want to see all of my childhood favorites come to to life on Netflix. I'm okay with it. All right. Next up from Highs, I, I snobbity. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't. This didn't open in my, my dot com. I don't know what it is. I don't know what I this think website it's is. High snobiety. Okay, high snob that website. IKEA recreates iconic The Simpsons, Stranger Things, and Friends living rooms for you to buy at reasonable rates. <laughs> so what they did was they took a bunch of their furniture 
and placed them as if it was the living room from Friends or from Stranger Things or from The Simpsons and then price tagged everything, said what page you could find it in their catalog and you can buy it too. And it's kind of amazing it's like, genius. how spot on everything was. <laughs> Goddamn yeah, it's genius. Pretty darn. Do you guys remember when like Fox ran some contest where you could win like The Simpsons house? Do you remember that? <laughs> no. I remember you telling me about it. I don't remember it. <laughs> that that was amazing. totally a thing. Like you could actually win. They built The Simpsons house and you could win it. <laughs> and that seems insane to me. It, well, um, I feel I know I brought this up sometime in the last couple of years. I want to look up and see what happened to that house. So what, what, what the hell, man? What the, it's funny because the the way this article is posted in our feed has the imagery of the Simpsons living room with crooked painting of a sailboat and all. And then in the article, they show the friends living room with one. Okay, I'm going to try to count all these. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Between eighteen and twenty purchasable items in this room. Everything from the fake potted plant to the 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 couch is somewhere available in their catalog. And it's genius. It's marketing genius. I can't. Yeah, if you, and it also kind of tells shows you how um, kind of timeless and iconic some of these sets were. That like, yeah. they're they're the pieces pieces that resemble them are available today. Yeah, they all have even weird these names. Shows though came from well, with the exception of Stranger Things, but even Stranger Things, it was you know, it was set in the past time. Mm-hmm. So. And it's like even even with the Stranger Things, you could buy this like they tr- they priced out the string lights, like mm-hmm. that just makes sense. Good job, IKEA. Well done. They did not provide a price for how much it costs to paint letters on your wall. No, that is something that you, you have, have to, to do, do yourself. yourself. You could buy the paint there though. Probably. That fl- <laughs> next up, TVLine dot com. Glow set for August return at Netflix, and we get the first photos from season three. Um, forgot this show existed. So happy to remember it existed. This show is so good. I can't freaking wait. It's they're going to Vegas, baby. Like they're they're they're. they're We've been to Vegas. <laughs> yes, we have. You have. Evan and I have spent some time together in Vegas. <gasps> yeah, I came back with Lyme's <laughs> disease. That's what you say when you're coming back from Vegas, baby. You did. You came back with Lyme. How did you get Lyme's? That's where in I Vegas? got the tick, babe. That's it. That's it. I, it happens. Anywho, you found the tick. I, I in found Vegas. the singular, singular. They don't have they don't have ticks out there in Vegas. Yes, like they you do. you did that. You brought that I, from Jersey with you. <laughs> Anywho, um, weirdo. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> apparently in season two, the sh- the show within the show got canceled, but then they got the opportunity now to do a live presentation in vegas so they're just going to be headliners in, in, in a casino which i think is an amazing idea i want to see it make it happen yeah another podcast i was uh, i like i listened to was just doing an episode about uh season two episode of glow and i was like oh yeah this show's great <laughs> so yeah um it comes back august 9th to netflix which is a, a friday um and it's going to be another 10 episodes and they are all half hours so it's a quick watch 
it's 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 such a good show. I, I I'm 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 upset. Like I too forgot that this was a thing. There's just so much stuff out there, so much content, and it it's pleasing every once in a while when I'm reminded of a show that I really liked that I thought they did a good job. It's like, oh look, there's more of it. So good, yes, I'm I'm good with this. Uh moving on. I found this one. Theobserver.com gives us an update onto the live action Netflix uh, Avatar: Last Airbender remake. Now, it's interesting the amount of information that we got. Um, it's it's. I don't know how to feel about it yet. Um. I do like who's involved and and where it's going. Um, but I'm still... I love this show so much that I'm still on the fence about whether I... Because of what happened with the movie, I'm... I, it's... I don't know. It's a 50-50 shot whether it's going to break my heart or not. Chris, I know you also have a love for this show to be putting it mildly. I do. I really do. And you're right. This could go horribly awry, but it could also go really right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when they had announced that there was going to be a live action Last Airbender movie, I was all, hey, that could be really great. Like, this would really translate well to that uh, if they get the visuals right. Uh, and then uh, Mr. Shamalama Ding Dong went and just pooped all over it. Uh, and that was very depressing. Um, this, however, is not being directed by a complete and total jackass. Uh, it's being directed by, uh, I mean, it, the, the original showrunners are very much involved, uh, which is very, very good to hear. So I don't know, man. We're still waiting to get whether they're, they, it, the series has yet to be officially ordered. There's no release date or anything, but it is still out there they're still talking about it and there's and i'm hoping with the 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 cast that is involved if you will not not so it's the um the director or the the showrunners or whatnot like i hope this is a thing that happens and they do it well i'm okay with it coming and 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 seeing what they can they can pull off with it so is this not an official thing i thought this was Nope, unfortunately, live-action reimagining Last Airbender does not yet have an official series order or release date. Uh, Then they go on to assume things via Netflix's track record. So, who knows? I just like the fact that it's still being talked about. Um, Moving on, next up. Chris, you posted this one from comicbook.com. The boondocks are coming back. Yeah. <laughs> now, I tell me why I I watched very few episodes of this and I don't like do you have a fondness for this show cuz I know you you like a lot I of do. different I, animation. I really en- I really enjoyed it back when it was on. Um uh it's been a very long time since I saw it. I know there were a couple of seasons past where I watched, but I remember thinking this show was just hilarious um, and very smart, mm-hmm. like very, very quick witted. Uh, it, it was just, it was just good TV. And um, wow, I am uh, happy to hear that it was coming back. I, I don't know. I don't have a ton to say. It was, I mean, 
this sh- I'm not the target audience for that show. There's no question. Um, but at the same time, it's the show was written well enough that that didn't necessarily matter. Mm-hmm. So apparently, the first three seasons came out bi yearly, so 2006, 2008, and 2010. Then the fourth season uh, came out in 2014, which M- uh, McGruder. I don't know who that was, whether whether it was the showrunner or creator. He was not involved with it, and that last season apparently was not liked. How's that? I'm going to put that nicely. That that kind of rings a bell to me. Um, they don't know if Magruder is coming back, but it is five years later. So, and I think. With what's going on in the political realm and just in mm-hmm. in, in yeah, society in general, this show to come back in, in this time is extremely interesting, and I will be very interested to see what they do. Yeah, that that's Me my too, curiosity. The, this show did not pull punches. There nope. was there was an episode of of this show that I I love where um, uh, Martin Luther King was uh, never killed he was in a uh he was in a coma or whatever and he came back and just like completely hated all of society it was just like trying to be like a nice guy and everyone was just complete trash and uh that was a very poignant episode oi well let's, I'm, I'm curious to see is what what they come up with especially with the fodder that they have available to them now uh, that's Agreed. A, that's as, I, that's as yeah. nicely as I can put it. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. Next up from Polygon.com. <laughs> I don't know how. All right. The director of Avengers Endgame, the directors of <laughs> Avengers Endgame are adapting Magic the Gathering for Netflix. There's a lot of plurals <laughs> okay. in there. There's Good a, luck. There's a lot to unpack here. Now, now to be fair, I know that there are several Magic the Gathering comic books, so uh, I suppose there's plenty of existing story. But I mean, really, I mean, doesn't the game itself a world, has a story? Right? No, uh, d- does it? I don't know. I never played Magic. All my friends played Magic, and I was I like, once I, I, I was did like, this not. Is a math I, game. Yeah, I didn't play any any Magic the Gathering, and I remember thinking, like, am I more or less nerdy than my friends? <laughs> no, it's just a different nerdy. Um, okay, so uh, Wizards of the Coast is involved, which is the uh, producers of Magic the Gathering. I, I don't ha- like... I am not the target audience for this. I think, Chris, you are closer to the target audience because it is an animated feature um i oh, it's animated i was kind of hoping it was live action <laughs> just a bunch of guys sitting around week to week playing their D game that's not what it is or, sorry <laughs> no not D magic please don't at me i'm sorry oh you're getting added oh. I, I will at you personally <laughs> how sorry. very dare you <laughs> i'm sorry tabletop rg rpg players i swear i respect you sam ahern was on this show and she is so mad she at you right now <laughs> don't you sam um all right so producers that uh, like henry gilroy and jose molina that are involved with star wars uh, clone wars rebels uh jose is involved with the tick i, I mean like oh, 
You're... <laughs> I, I, I can't. Someone who is involved with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I don't even want to try with that name. I feel bad sure already. Sure you do. Go no. ahead. Take a swing. You know you want to. <laughs> nope. Not going to let you... I'm oh, not going to give you the fodder to make fun of me, Chris. I appreciate it, you giving me the option. No. I'm going um, with Yoriaki Mochizuki. Bill. <laughs> I will call him Steve. Um, there is a lot of bona fides here. Bona fides. And I, I don't know where they're getting the story from. Because as... The, is there a comic for it? I don't know. I am not. Yeah, there's been several, several Magic the Gathering comic books, but uh, beats me if I mean I just know people liked them because they came with the cards. So the, I don't think people actually read the books. The thing that catches me about this is that it's the Russo brothers and it's Netflix. Like these are not small time players. Not at all. So, I mean, and it's a true pa- pra- passion project for them. Seriously, I what? mean, and it would have to be, right? We are. We have been huge fans and players of Magic the Gathering for as long as it has been around. Okay, that's from Neat. the Russos. So, I, it, it honestly, I can't think of a better group to give the project to. I just don't know what they're going to do with it. <laughs> also, I mean, they could literally do anything they want, and this is what they want to do. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, executive producer, let's see. Any information on when? <laughs> scrolly, scrolly, scroll. I don't see anything. Jesus, magic has been around for 25 years? Damn. It's only been around for 25 years? <laughs> That's more than half my life. I don't. I, I just assumed it was around you know, long before me, but I guess not. Hmm. Well, there it is. Once we get more information, we will let you know. <laughs> we'll have to decode it first. We'll have to talk to, you know, Dave and Jangus, see what they think. There's like planeswalkers. I, I don't know. I don't know what any of this means. That's like reading, right. That's I see if I can remember any of the uh, like that's like reading of, one of their commercials. <laughs> Rav, Ravnica. Uh, that was one. Um, there was a purple one. Yeah. Uh, Icewind Dale? No, that's Elder <laughs> Who's getting Scrolls. added now? <laughs> hey, at me all you want, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be funny. I hope it's fun. I'm sad it's not live action. <laughs> I'm upset now. All right, let's move on to Twitter, because on the Twitterverse, we get some information about Good Eats the Return, and it Yay! is the release date uh karen do you remember when it was i think it was july 25th it was 25th at nine or at ten, 10. uh 25th at 10 sunday 10 august 25th 10 p.m oh july 25th is our wedding anniversary that's why it was yeah. in my head uh. and um what's it on food network Food Network. Yeah, go. he doesn't say it in the video, and then like the first, his first reply below the video is like, "Oh, by the way, it's on Food Network." Yeah, twelve hours later. <laughs> um, yeah, the only reason this link is from Twitter is because I remember seeing in his Instagram feed yesterday that he was like, uh, "We're going to make an announcement tomorrow at ten o'clock about this thing." And then shortly after ten o'clock this morning, I was like, "Oh yeah, that Good Eats thing. Let me go. Let me Google it." And the only thing that existed at that point 
was the actual announcement. There was no news articles about it. So that's why this is a Twitter link. And that's fine because with <laughs> that Twitter link, we get to see Alton Brown's profile pic of him as a Muppet. So <laughs> yes, it's winning all around. for Twitter. <laughs> so check out if you were, I, I mean, I know I was a fan of this show. I liked the science and food combination. Um, and oh, Good Eats is amazing. It's a great show. Good Eats is good TV. And it's good for like all members of the family. Like kids will not be bored by this. That's true. That's true. And they might learn a thing or two about science. Science. So keep an eye out for that. It's good stuff. Um, TVLine.com brings us the next one. Jane the Virgin, iZombie gets summer series finale dates at the CW. So it kind of like stretched my brain a little bit that um, they're ending the on back to back days at the end of July, beginning of August. Like, I don't feel like they have enough show to go that long, but I guess they do. I, I zombie, I feel like has always been 13 episode seasons. And how far and are they in? I don't know. I feel like we've had at least four or five. Well, they, there's usually a mid season break where they take a couple of weeks off. Right. I don't. I that feels not right to me in a 13 episode season but i guess they're gonna do it well there it is july 31st is the series finale of jane the virgin and august 1st is the series finale for i zombie i zombie's been great this season yet again it has i feel like they're doing all the uh all the brains like that they've had ideas had an idea of like oh at some point we should do one of these they're like picking all the best ideas of brains to use and it's been really fun and at the same time they posted a bunch of information about uh premiere dates for a number of upcoming series um sci-fi drama pandora bulletproof hypnotize me investigate i like oh wait cw decoded we might be done like I, I, <laughs> it might be done with the CW. The Arrowverse is ending. Jane the Virgin and I Zombie are done. Crazy Ex Girlfriend's gone. I might be I might be too old for the CW this year, you guys. Uh, wait, the boys are still on it though, right? The boys are still on it for one more year. All right, at least. Or they said, yeah, they said this is the end. Yeah, yeah they, that's 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 coming to a close, right? Yeah, Cisco, so. Cisco's leaving Flash, and I, I guess it's time for me to go watch CBS now. <laughs> Never, never! <laughs> Don't you dare! I'm old. I need my CW. I want to be young again. No. You know what? I I dared to defy CW. I dared <sighs> to defy, and uh, honestly, I'm not crazy about it. I do. I the only one I kind of miss right now is Supergirl and a little tiny bit of Arrow. I really fell out of love with the Flash. Um, I just, I, I wish I missed it more, but I just kind of don't. I started, uh, trying to catch up on the flash via like Netflix and I realized how far behind I am. I am so far behind that I can't remember if I had seen episodes as I'm watching them. Like I, I, I watch it and I go, I feel like this is familiar, but it could be just a retelling of the same story that they told a season before what like because it's pretty much the same thing the, yeah there, Barry there's does something a lot stupid <laughs> they get into a fight Barry fucks the timeline again and i don't know i wasn't crazy about their like weirdo daughter from the future past or whatever 
I don't know. Just I fell out of love with it. I really loved those shows. I did, and I wanted to love all this great DC television. And it's not that it's bad. It's really not bad, uh, especially considering how comic book TV has been for the majority of our lives. But I don't know. It's just it's it, it does tend to fall into that very formulaic trap uh, of a very very melodramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there is no shortage of melodrama and. Not, not that I have a problem with melodrama. I do like cartoons after all, but there's just something about it that's not quite a landing with me anymore. And, you know, it's it, that we're old. I, I, I guess so. It, it's not that it's not not dark enough or anything like that. I don't need my superhero shows to be dark and gritty like the Netflix shows were. It just. Well, those shows have yeah, their place. This is not this is not that like the Flash and Supergirl and. I, apparently legends of tomorrow they're supposed to be the upbeat and happy ones if you will and like i'm watching i don't know he just was in he was trapped in the speed force and now he's back out and he spent an episode and being like crazy and now line. he's not crazy like i like okay there's too much going on here for just one show this is like four shows worth of information so it is very steeped in its own mythology it is it is. But um I don't know. I'm glad that they're still around. I hope Batwoman does well. But, I, f- uh, I feel I, that that has a, a good footing that I think it will do well. Especially if But now. I don't miss it. <laughs> I, I I wish I did, but I'm totally okay. Like I'll watch the last two seasons of Agents of Shield for my uh bubblegum superhero y kind of stuff and I'm actually more yeah. interested in seeing the new stuff that comes out like Batwoman um, swamp thing like I'm curious to see what they do with those properties because for so long they have been teasing the bat universe with Ooh. arrow and and Gotham and whatnot like I want to see what they do with that and swamp thing just came out of left field for me like I was always a fan of the story of swamp thing and then they took the comic into another avenue made it like way deeper than just a green monster in in a swamp and then to it it being filmed where I live and what like that's way more interesting to me than Barry went back in time again, screwed it up again. Like I, the arrow is still not supposed to be that dark and gritty. He's the lighthearted dude. Like I know that stuff from comics. So I don't know. We shall see. Maybe we shall. Maybe I'll catch up. I doubt it though. All right. And finally, from RadioTimes.com. Karen, you need do you need to tell me if there's more information about this because I tried to look and I didn't get anything additional, but could Billy Piper really be returning to Doctor Who? Uh it's I mean anything's possible. It is Doctor Who. <laughs> like from my understanding, she did a a a, a, a a post, it was a Twitter thing, I guess, or, or an Instagram thing saying uh bloody good news and she didn't say what the news was and she said that they would be saying what the news was and did she ever say what the news was the news has not been said i just came across this like a couple hours ago so it may be that the news is announced and the story is debunked by the time this podcast drops but uh but yeah she has some good news and there are there's internet speculation backed up by somewhat some sources um this whether is, they be credible is, or not listen let me tell you what this is this is very 
barely more than an internet rumor. But it's enough more for them to put it on RadioTimes.com. Gotcha. So that's enough for me. So there is mild speculation that Rose might be returning. Yeah, somebody has like a really grainy picture uh, or a picture that has a... Uh, okay, so uh, I, I, there was a lot of talk about that picture in this article. And then if this is further down in the article, if that's the picture that they're talking about, it is it looks like a cracker. It's literally illegible, whatever the the picture is. It looks like a piece of, a piece of matzah to me. You know, you see, the, you see what... I've said it now, you can't unsee it. That's it's. I don't see how anybody is saying that that says Rose or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, but it would be pretty cool. I I would not be mad if that was true. Um, you know, Rose is a character that hasn't been around in a, quite a while, and uh, yeah, so she's not she a, hasn't she's been not an overused. overused character like some of them on in the in the Hooverse. Uh, it would definitely be an interesting thing to. Uh, an interesting character to bring back, um, you know, going back to where this reboot or revival started, like the first companion that it started with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've said like River Songs, I don't think, is coming back, and Jack is not coming back, and all these sorts of things. So that's um, the one that really breaks my heart is the yeah, lack of Captain John Jack. Baron the lack of Jack. Is too busy being fabulous all over the world. Dancing around in high heels and sparkly outfits, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's been a lot of like, oh well, you know, doc- the doctor's a woman now, so what happens if they bring back the doctor's wife? And even though I think Alex Kingston has said she would do it, I don't think anyone is is on board with that idea. That's not something so we this need to would see. be an interesting, another interesting thing to do is to bring back a different woman from the past doctors. You know iteration and i don't think they should do it as like oh rose is back as a companion again i just you know like a one episode guest spot would be interesting mm, i'm okay with that but once if you know, the news ever breaks we'll definitely you will definitely Dr. find Who. out here <laughs> yeah i'll be all over twitter so but that's it that's all we got people uh chris yeah it's your time it's your turn for a spiel you got a spiel for me well, i suppose i i could Dig one up out of the recesses of my uh, addled brain. If you want, if I what want to get what? in touch, you yeah. can get in touch with us. That's how it's I was going to see if I could get Evan to say the whole thing. Oh. <laughs> well, I was trying to give him a little help along the way. Oh, well, well you also... can get in touch with us at com, Evan, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit, Evan. You can like us on Facebook at Geekade. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade or follow us this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen, where are you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan, where are you? Geekade underscore Evan. 
And that's on the Instagrams, right? Both. Yes. On the Grammy Grams? On the Grammy Grams. Yeah. For the Gram. On the Gram. <laughs> if you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh original content. Back to you, Evan. Thank you, sir. It is your turn. It is. So what is this week's homework, sir? This week's homework uh, is going to be, uh, well, this one's going to be kind of special because uh, I spoke to a friend of mine about this. And uh, as long as it's okay with you two, I would like to have uh, him join us. No, I'm sorry. To discuss this. Uh, I want to see if I can guess who it is by what the show is. Uh, I would like to talk about Cobra Kai. Okay. Uh, uh, Square Painter. Yes. Ah! Yes. <laughs> Square Painter Adam Shue would like to join us to discuss Cobra Kai. Uh, I'd like to discuss Cobra Kai season two in its entirety. I know Karen's not going to watch the whole thing. Um, <laughs> not because I don't want to, but because I have limited time that I can use watch YouTube. I yeah. can't do it at work. So, uh... <sighs> I kind of struggled a little bit on which episode to go with, okay. like to just say, okay, this is the one episode that Karen should watch to kind of get a feeling for what's happening. Um, ultimately, I think I have to go with the season finale. Okay. Uh, which is uh, No Mercy, season two, episode 10. Uh, but the other episode that kind of came to mind was uh, the one where they go on the dates uh, like the, the Danny and Johnny wind up on a double date together, kind of. Oh, that was that was a good one too, hmm. right? I don't know. That's a, that's a tough. It's a tough call for me um, because we're going to wind up discussing the season finale anyway, and I don't think Karen's ever going to watch this show. So I guess spoilers really aren't too big of a deal. Well, I but mean, they're she could pretty, pretty much get stuff. the whole gist of the season by just watching the season finale. Yeah, I guess, you know, from perspective that would be true. I'm I'm afraid of I am afraid of not doing this show justice um by telling her to just watch that one episode. But I think that's where we should land. So let's go with Cobra Kai, season two, episode ten, No Mercy, with the caveat if you are watching along with us, watch this whole show. Uh please, please watch this whole show. Don't don't be immediately turned off by the fact that it is related to uh, the super cheesy Karate Kid. Like, it's legitimately good. Yeah, it's a very well done show. what I will show. say. It is, it is far better than it has any right to be. Yeah, and, it's, it's shockingly good. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's kind of what I'm afraid of is similar to what happened when I showed Karen that one episode of Last Airbender. It's like you kind of don't get a real sense of the overall quality just by taking this one slice out because you take this one slice and like, okay, there's some ridiculous things happening here because clearly this is related to an eighties movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll Oof. see how, and it there ends. is a lot of ridiculousness that happens in that last episode. Like I was actually there messaging is. you as yeah, I, was I remember ha- watching it, but you were watching it being like, okay, what the hell? <laughs> but it ends on such a, ah, we can talk about it on the show. We'll talk about That's, it on the show. So. It, it'll be a good time. So that's 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 what I think. All right. Cobra Kai Season 2, Episode 10, No Mercy, with hopefully special guest Adam Shub, Square Painter. Um, that's it, people. That's all we got for you this week. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. 
from all of us here at this week's episode. I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Get thee behind me, fell fiend. <laughs> Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.